you will, take your Bible and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. A message entitled, A Country in Need. If you look on the screen, you see kind of a collage of different things across America, slices of America, Americana. Before I proceed, let me say this. These guys had no idea of what I was going to preach on. And the song that they ended with, both songs are great, but the song they ended with, Lord, we need you. Our only defense is him. A country that's in need. Before we get to, you just hang on to Second Chronicles 15, but before we get there, I will remind you what the psalmist said. In Psalm 33, verse 12, it said this. It's on the screen for you. Blessed or happy is the nation. Blessed is a better term than happy. Blessed is, is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen for his own possession. Of all the nations that have ever existed in the history of mankind, the United States of America is undoubtedly the, the greatest nation to ever grace the face of the earth. 246 years ago, 56 men signed a document declaring our independence from Great Britain. And they knew the risk, they knew the dangers, they knew the struggles, they knew how selfless that they would have to be. But they knew this that in their deep thinking, both their deep thinking civically and their deep thinking religiously, they knew that a change was needed. And because of their courage, because of their leadership, because of their foresight, because of their writing, they literally changed the course of humankind. I've heard two statements that, that ring with me today on this 4th of July day. Number one is, America will only be great as long as she's good. And when she ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Also, we call this the land of the free and the home of the brave. We will only be the land of the free as long as we remain the home of the brave. And our country is disintegrating. I wish our young people, I wish our young people would be the epitome of of young people across this land. But I'm afraid to tell you today that our spiritual moorings, our spiritual foundations have been demolished and uprooted by leaders and people who don't think as deeply as our founding fathers did. Certainly they don't think as spiritually as our founding fathers did. We have now, as the United States of America, we have now become leaders of all the wrong we are leaders. We are leaders in violence. We're leaders in evil. We're, evil. we're leaders in immorality, and that's just to get started. It's true that in the past two weeks, our Supreme Court has finally done right and given us a chance to protect the unborn. But listen, the work's not over, the work's just starting. Ruth Graham, 
you don't know that name, that's the wife of Billy Graham. Both are deceased now. Ruth Graham said many years ago that if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Folks, we are on a collision course with Creator God. If we don't If we don't change our behavior, we don't change our priorities, if we don't get a biblical word and let God speak to us. I want to say this, and you'll hear me say it a couple of times because I believe it so deeply. Our problems did not start with political parties or in the White House. Our problems started in the church house. When we, when we kind of jettisoned this thing of, of having God in every part of our nation. We have, if you follow it back, you will find that our problems really began when we began to excuse God from the public arena. We kicked him out of our schools. We, we kicked him out of our public places. We kicked him out of our government. And today we're reaping what we sown. In Second Chronicles chapter 15, we read a story about the land of Judah with a king named Asa. Asa became king when he was 16 years old. In fact, chapter 14, verse 2 says that Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord and the land had peace for, look, 10 years. That sounds good, doesn't it? Problem is he reigned 46 years. He became a mighty king with a mighty army, 280,000. He thought he was really big stuff until, Eric, he ran up on an army of a million. The problem was bigger than he could handle, and so he went to God. And when he went to God, he saw their needs, and then he gave leadership, leading them back to the Father. If you will, if you can, Let's stand to honor the reading of God's word and get the story before us. Beginning in verse 1, listen, follow, because this is indeed God's holy word. The Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Oded. He was a prophet. So he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, hear me. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For many years, Israel had been without a the true God without a teaching priest, and without instruction. But when they turned to the Lord God of Israel in their distress and sought him, he was found by them. In those times, there was no peace for those who went about their daily activities because the residents of the lands had many conflicts. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every possible distress. Now, I'm going to pause here. Did you get that? 
<coughs> for God troubled them with every possible distress. But as for you, be strong. Don't give up. For your work has a reward. Folks, I have committed that to memory. That's going to become my life verse. But as for you, be strong. Don't come up. For your work has a reward. Verse 8. When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage and removed the abhorrent idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. He renovated the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin as well as those from the tribes of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon who were residing among them, for they had defected to him from Israel in great numbers when they saw the Lord his God was with him. They were gathered in Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of Asa's reign. At that time, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 cattle and 7,000 sheep and goat from all the plunder they had brought. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their ancestors with all their heart and all their soul. Whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel would be put to death, young or old man or woman. They took an oath to the Lord and a loud voice with shoutings to trumpets and the ram's horns. All Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn it with all their minds. They had sought him with all their hearts, and he was found by them. So, The Lord gave them rest on every side. Don't you like that last sentence? The Lord gave them rest on every side. Lord, do it again. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you're such a good God. You loved us when we were unlovely. You sent Jesus from heaven to die for us to make a payment, to make atonement for our sin so that we could enjoy a relationship with you. And then you left it in our decision to either receive you or abandon you. I pray that today could be a turning point in our lives. I pray that you'll reveal to us those things that displease you. And if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, may today be the day. May the revival in this land, the revival of this country that is so in need, may it begin right here on Ten Mile Creek, right here in this worship center, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thanks for leaving that up, Mitch. I want you to read that last line with me again. Just read it out loud. The last sentence. So, the Lord gave them rest on every side. Let's do that again. So, the Lord gave them rest on every side. Does that sound like, does anybody here want some rest? 
Want some rest from the, from the struggle, the problem? The kids are down here going, yes, sir, Brother Jerry, we were on the bus all day yesterday. We're give out. And it is that we need some physical rest, but I'm just going to tell you, we need some emotional, we need some spiritual rest. How did that happen? How did the rest come? It was because how they responded to the Lord. They were blessed of the Lord. And there are people today who tell us, oh, the USA is, is, is blessed of the Lord. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that we're blessed of the Lord today. I think we need to be blessed by the Lord today. So how does that happen? I'm going to suggest, if you have your bulletin, I'm going to suggest to you three things that will hopefully bring our thinking in and make it clear today. The first thing that I lift out of this passage is the conditions for God's blessing. We don't like to admit it, but there are conditions that God places on us. My people, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and hear the hand. If there are conditions that he puts on us, and those conditions are even more difficult than Justin and Betty Watts put on me when I was a teenager. I just want to give you three statements because I don't want to hover over this. I just want us to get this in front of us because it's right here in the Scripture. Let me give you three conditions for God's blessings that we need to understand and embrace. The first one is this. The Lord is with you when you are with Him. Hello? I thought God was with us all the time. Well, you know, we need to listen to what the Bible says because, you see, He says... He is with us when we are with him. And then he says, it's still right there in your Bible in in those uh, first couple of verses. Then he says, if you seek him, number two, then he will be found by you. And I'll I'll just refer to another scripture that says, you will seek him and find him when you seek him with Thank you. Yeah, with your heart. Actually, it's with all of your heart. I question today, with all the blessings, money in the bank, cars in the garage, go and do anything we want to. We're literally rich or can have anything we want to. And I wonder today if we really seek him with all our hearts. Or we just try to add him into our lives. Is that what's going wrong in this America, I wonder if the reason that we don't see God's hand in our lives, in our church, in our nation, is because we don't seek Him. In the late 50s, the cosmonaut went into space first, and he came back and he said, I saw God nowhere. A little later, Alan Shepard went into space from the America, and he came back and he said, I saw God everywhere. You see, you see, God is available. If we seek him, we'll be found by him. He is with us when we are with him. But now here's the last one of the three truths, and this is the one you're not going to like. If we abandon him, he'll abandon us. Ooh, I don't think I like that, Brother Jerry. Don't you know God's got this? Please never use that statement to your pastor. 
It is true. God is sovereign and he holds the whole world in his hands. But the way God's got it ain't the way you're looking at it. And I said ain't, English majors. You see, he's got it. But you may not like the way he has it. Funeral this week. He did what he thought was best, not what we thought was best. Right, Joe? You see, the truth is that the Bible doesn't teach us that he will never leave us or forsake us if we abandon him. We pervert God's teaching when we feel like we can do whatever we want to, whenever we want to, however we want to, and God's got to put up with it. The conditions for God's blessing. We need to understand these three truths. The second thing that I'll bring to your attention from this text is the consequences without God's blessing. The consequences without God's blessing. Boy, this is very practical for us and and everything I'm about to give you. Four or five things here are right out of the scripture. If you still got got your Bibles open... I believe Judah of Asa's days is a parallel for the United States of America in our day. So just just hang on just for a second. The first thing that I see here is the their land is filled with chaos. Chaos. The truth is, is that the scripture tells us that there was, look in verse 3, for many years Israel had been without the true God. <laughs> Without a teaching priest and without instruction. When you have no gods. It's the last verse of Judges. It's true today in America. And it says, and in those days there was no God in all of Israel. Everybody did what was right in their own mind. Creates chaos. Nobody adheres to the, to the rules. To the, nobody adheres to the laws. Because there's not any being taught happens and it leads to chaos and chaos is progressive are you ready chaos leads to conflict chaos always leads to conflict have you have you looked around america lately oh it's not on 10 mile creek well now you're right admittedly we have the best to me we have the best of our world but listen if the world doesn't get if the nation doesn't get straightened up it will be on 10 mile creek Chaos in the streets, conflict in the streets, people dying in the streets. I said this before. We began removing God many years ago. He, we removed him from every place you can imagine. It's not political. It's spiritual. It's not a party. It's a dilemma. And the conflict and the chaos will not end until God's people stand up. But that's not all. Their land was filled with chaos, conflict, and corruption. And corruption. It's all right there in the book. Corruption comes when there's no God leading your life. I've told you before, my friend, and he kind of made up his rules as he went. We talked we talk much about the Bible, Scripture, God, Jesus, 
And he was one of those guys that always had an answer. He just kind of made up the rules as he went along. And I asked him one day, I said, boy, you got this beautiful 16-year-old daughter. What are you going to do if she decides in two years she's going to move in with a guy? She don't have to get married. That's old Bible stuff. And you're making up the own rules anyway. I don't want to talk about it. You see, folks, when we, when we remove ourselves from, from the, the very thing that God puts around us, when we remove ourselves from the true God, corruption is the natural consequence. And I'm just going to tell you, parents, without faith in a true God, instruction in a true God, you have nothing to hand down to your children and grandchildren. land filled with corruption. You look at America. You think I'm just talking about Judah? You look at America and be honest. Fifty years we have killed the unborn at an alarming rate. And I'm going to make some of you mad at me and it's okay. You've been mad at me before possibly. The thing that just grates on your pastor's nerves is that animals get more protected than unborn humans. I've often wanted to take that commercial that has the little emotional appeal about animals being abused. And you need to know I don't want to abuse animals. But I want to take that same one and I want to change the pictures from the animals and the script from the animals and point it to the unborn babies. You see, we kill babies at an alarming rate. Alarming rate. <laughs> Bless our teenagers and our young people's heart. Violence is the norm in our entertainment, is the norm in our video games, and it gives a false view of life and death. TV and Internet give us a distorted view of sexuality, this wonderful, beautiful gift from God one man for one woman expressing their love for a lifetime. Our culture is now so vile that, that we have to register sex offenders. Without a blink, this country elects a man to be in president who, who, who don't really believe this is God's word. How can we be one nation under God <coughs> with a leader who don't even believe it? Here's all I'm trying to communicate to us today. The cost of walking away from God is high. And what are we to do? What what can be done? We're a country in need. I hope I've built that case. We're a country in need. And the only way a country that's a democratic republic, the only way that we become in need is when... When the people who make up that country are in need. So let me move toward the end of this message with the channel of God's blessing. We've seen the condition for God's blessings, we've seen the consequences. We've lived the consequences without God's blessing. So now, what are the channels of God's blessing that we find? Two major blessings, several things that the scripture says. If we're going to look for God, have God's blessings, first of all, we need good 
leaders. We need, and you know what? This is what's so unique about us, brothers and sisters. We get to select our leaders. It's not some hierarchy royalty that it just runs down the, the bloodline. No we get to decide. We need good leaders. Let me, what is a good leader? Let's, let's just take a look here at Asa, and let's see if we can learn from Asa. Verse 8, when Asa heard these words of the prophecy and Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, look at his first one, he took courage. He revealed courage. There is no way to be a leader, a good leader, a godly leader, without godly courage. When I read this, it seems to me that when he heard the words of the Lord through the prophet, that he led with courage. It takes courage to make the needed changes. It takes courage to go against the flow, against the popular opinion. With his courage and his firm belief in God, he did what was right before the Lord. Now, what was all that? That's the second thing we see here. He took courage and watch this. He removed the idols. <laughs> he removed the idols. Well, Brother Jerry, that don't really... I don't, and, and, and my scripture says a poor and idol. Some say uh, despicable. There's a couple other terms there. But, you know, I don't need a, a descriptive term for idols. An idol is an idol and it's bad. It's not another kind. Well, Brother Jerry, we don't, we, you don't really need to talk to us about idols. Oh, yeah, I do. We are loaded with idols. John Calvin said the heart is an idol factory. We can make an idol out of anything. You see this guitar? Can I touch your guitar, baby? Oh, this isn't yours. This is uh Music was my idol for many years. I love the guitar, I love the piano, keyboard. I love music. It was my idol for many years. I would give it more attention than I would ever give my spiritual life. For some of you, it may not be music. For some of you, it can be tradition. That's my God, that's my idol, don't break my tradition. Some of you, it can be money. There's all kind of things that can be. Anything that we put ahead of God is an idol. In a country where the dead is rising and at staggering rates, tax money is wasted. The truth is, is that it is higher cost than we can even imagine than money. We need to identify idols in our lives. Brother Jerry, you're talking about a whole nation. No, I'm just talking to the 100, 125 or so that are here today. In our lives, the first step is to identify what we put in front of God and remove them. He removed all the idols. This country must remove all the idols. Can you name any? Don't, for goodness sakes, don't start. We'll be here the rest of the day. But you know what he did next? Watch this. He removed the abhorrent idols from the land. And looking down in, uh, a little further down, he says, He renovated the altar 
of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord Temple. He renovated the house of worship. He renovated it physically and he renovated it spiritually. I love the word renovated. You could use the word restored. You could use the word repaired. You could use the word renewed. Don't you like that? Doesn't a renovation kind of kind of work on you and kind of encourage you and uplift you? Sometimes the altar of the Lord needs a facelift, both physically and spiritually. Faceliftable property does wonders for a church. You know, last month, uh, two months ago now, I went to uh, Hueytown where I pastored for 10 years. And Brother Chris and I had been talking. Some of the folks had sent me some emails to let me know. And they did some things I didn't think they would ever do. They renovated their worship center. They took out the carpet. They put in hard floor. They uh, um, put chairs instead of the pews. I didn't think that would ever happen. There were some founding people who bought those pews. And I didn't, you understand what I'm saying, Tim? And their whole spirit was encouraged just from the physical uplift, just from the physical renovation. But here's what I'm going to tell you. The larger is the spiritual renovation. The spiritual. Sometimes we get, you know, the reason that I walked around and, and gave these the pledges in the way that I did is because too often we just pop our hands over our heart, we recite the words, and we're done with it. We forget what we say. We come to the Lord's house and we forget what it's about. Well, I've been to church. No, you are the church. You've been to worship. Did you worship? Folks, I'll just I'll say this to you. The real power, the real power to change a nation will start. In a meeting like this, when our hearts are right, when we have once again approached his throne, not just come to a place that we call church, that we come to see him. I don't believe that our modern day worship and praise movement is a fad. I think it's a fulfillment of prophecy. You can go to the Old Testament and you can see that their hearts will be warmed to worship once again. Are you resisting the worship? Or are you embracing it? That's what, that's what Asa was calling them to do, to embrace it. Well, I'll be here the rest of the day if I don't get on. The next thing we see here is that he united the people. He reunited the people. The people had kind of gotten scattered. And he called them back to himself. Verses, look, just read verse 10. They were gathered in Jerusalem in the third month, 15th year of reign. He brought them back together. He gathered everyone. He knew the importance of having camaraderie among the people. There's an old secular song that says, United we stand, divided we fall. It's never been truer than it is right here in this room. And then, kind of got on this earlier and then I see that he, that he restored authentic worship. 
authentic worship. Verse 11. At that time, they sacrificed to the Lord. Did you realize that Old Testament worship is all about when you come, you bring something. And it's a sacrifice. That's what worship is, coming. Sacrifice. You come and you give. Oh, we come today and we pay. I want to say this to you. You do a great job. But we come and we return our tithes, his tithes. We return his tithes. Whether you return his tithes or not, you need to know this. They're still his. (laughs) They're still his. If you don't return them, you've stolen them. You have two choices, return them or steal them. And then we give our offerings. We cannot give an offering to return our tithe. But it's much more than money. Think about your life. Okay. I didn't do this math. What is 162, 164 hours a week? Oh, I got a house full of people looking with a blank face. It's 160-something hours a week. Maybe 168 I just did the math in my head. Maybe it's 168. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Do you really give God 16 hours a week of your time? Sleeping doesn't count. Sleeping doesn't count. If you're going to tithe your whole life, do you give him 16 hours of your time? You see, when we come to worship him, we bring, I, I love when our kids sing and when our adults sing, and they're leading us, it's literally a sacrifice of praise. That's what the Bible speaks of. Sacrifice of praise. Folks, we need good leaders who will lead us this way. He revealed godly courage. It takes courage to make changes. He removed the idols. He renovated the houses of worship. He reunited the people and restored authentic worship. Second thing we need besides the, the good leaders, we need godly and grateful people. And they're right here. It seems to me that the people in Judah were very grateful for a good leader who would step forward and give fresh leadership. There's a need in this country for people who are godly and grateful and whose attitude is not... What have you done for me today? Or what's in it for me? I want to show you what these good people did here. You still got your Bible. The first thing they did was they recognized the corruption. They recognized the corruption. Now where do I find this truth? It is in the fact that they came to worship. You can look at 10, 11, and 12. They came to worship. And they came with a mind to worship. Not a mind to get, but a mind to give. If you look at, if you look at verse uh, 11, at that time the sacri- they sacrificed to the Lord. They would have never sacrificed to the Lord had they not experienced worship. And what follows is the result of them recognizing corruption. It's a starting point for a nation. It's a starting point for a church. 
It's a starting point for a person. If you can't recognize the corruption that is in my life, my, if I can't recognize the corruption that's in my life, I have little hope of changing. If you can't recognize the corruption that's in your life, we have, you have little hope of changing. Because the deal is, we don't care to admit it, but we still have that evil that runs in and, to us and, in and through us. And, and when we refuse to acknowledge our sinfulness, there will be no change in us. I'm convinced of this, that we do not change until the pain of change exceeds the pain of staying the same. We admit our sin, though. <laughs> we admit our sin. We admit our corruption. We admit our unrighteousness. God moves in to help. Asa led them and the people, and the people recognized the corruption. The second thing, they responded with a, with a covenant, a covenant. Then, verse 12, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their ancestors with all their heart and all their soul. I remind you, I've told you this before, probably other preachers have told you long before me, a contract is based on law. A covenant is based on love. A contract is about property. A covenant is about people. And when people came to realize that their condition and that their condition was impacting their family, their future, their country, their culture, they responded to Almighty God in the form of this covenant. This was a simple covenant. Not easy, but simple. And it said... I will not only seek the Lord, but I will seek him with all of my heart and my soul. It's my personal conviction that at this point they remembered how good Jehovah had been to them. And out of that grateful heart, they responded to him. Romans 2 tells us it's not the wrath of God, but it's the love of God that will draw us. Where are you today? Well, we're not through. It required a commitment. The third thing, that covenant led to a commitment. The people were so grateful that it was not enough just to take the oath themselves as a part of their... Did you get that when I read this? As a part of their... As part of their um, renewal, their revival, they instituted a no-tolerance policy. Did you get that? They said, whoever would not seek the Lord, God of Israel, would be put to death. Aren't you glad that we've not instituted anything like that? But here's what I will tell you. Whoever does not seek the Lord God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and live to please Jesus and live to walk with Jesus and to follow with Jesus, whether we say we put you to death or not, death is your option. Because it's only when we seek the Lord that we find life. 
These guys offered capital punishment for those who would not seek God. They were they want revival bad. Hello? When they got it all in place, the, th- the fourth thing they did is they rejoiced in the correction that they had made. Verse 14 gives us, if you're still with me, they took an oath to the Lord in a loud voice. Now watch this, a loud voice, a loud voice. Can you hear this service? Let, let me just read it for you to remind you of it. They took an oath to the Lord in a loud voice with, watch this, shouting, trumpets, and with round horns. All of Judah rejoiced over the oath before they had sworn it with all their minds. They had sought him with all their hearts. And watch this. And he was found by them. Can you imagine that service? Loud voices. Trumpets. Uh, Got a band person down here. One trumpet can make a big racket. And I always told my orchestra, there's nothing better than a good trumpet and there's nothing worse than a bad trumpet. You just can't ignore a trumpet. These guys, they had their loud voices. They had their trumpets. Some people in here, one trumpet unnerves you. Ram's horns. Now, a ram horn can just be classified to me as racket. It's an alert. It's an alarm. They wanted everyone to hear. Why? Why were they rejoicing like this? Because they had now become clean. They had been steeped in corruption. They had been steeped in being without God. They had found God and they wanted the world to know. I wonder about this. If you have found God in your life through Jesus, why is it that you want to be so private about it? Hello? Why is it that you don't want other people to know? I regret to say this, and you can be mad at me if you like, but in large measure, this country has abandoned God. Now, don't forget, when you abandon God, He'll abandon you. Neither the fall or the recovery of a nation begins in the White House. Neither the fall or the recovery of the nation begins in Congress. Both the fall and the recovery of a nation begins in the church house. It falls on our shoulders. We are the standards for society. When we abandon maybe that's too strong. When we walk away, when we slip away backslide and the culture finds us more palatable than before and we think all is well because now we're popular the next thing you know we find ourselves deep neck deep in things that don't please God return to him and we connect and when you return to him do you remember that time last time that you had a fresh encounter with God, how good it made you feel inside because your heart felt clean, your soul felt clean, your life felt clean. You felt like you could take on hell with a water pistol. The last thing is that last line, that they rested in their connection, those good and godly people. 
I just want to ask you, who needs a new connection? Who has just been playing the game? Kind of walked away and God's kind of out there. Who needs a new connection? You? Me? A fresh, a fresh anointing, if you will. You see, folks, in his presence is fullness of joy, love, peace, commitment, contentment, and more. It's a great message for us on this day. We are a country in need. And the relationship with Jesus is the answer. A relationship with Jesus is the answer. Because Jesus is the only answer. He's the only hope. And he's the medicine for our land. You know the prescription. It doesn't start with the people who are outside today. The Bible's very clear. It's my people. Not devil, not the devils. It's my people who are called by my name. If they'll humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. That's easy to read, easy to say, easy to recite, but it's hard to do because we're a proud people. We humble ourselves, we'll bow before the Lord. I dare say there are probably some in this room. I'm not getting on my knees before anything and anybody. Well, that's okay. It's a lie, but it's okay. Because all of us bow before something. It may not be physical needs, but there is something in your life. And when it comes up, everything else stops. Everything else stops, and you bow before that and let it control you. Is it God? Is it the Holy Spirit? You see, Jesus came to make a better way for you and me. Not just to make us nice, to make a better way. Today he calls you. Well, Brother Jerry, you talk about the country. What can I do? You can do your part. You can do your part. I can do my part. If we do it together, it'll make a difference. You've never trusted Christ. I just want to appeal to you. Funeral Friday, a funeral today. People are stepping out of this life into eternity. Fortunately, these folks, we know where they went. If it were you, do we know where you would go? Don't believe that you can get there and argue your way in. Jesus died so you didn't have to argue your way in. He came to make a way for you. Let's pray together.